as we just left the meeting and started over to see a woman friend of ours, Mrs. Doble, and over in, in Edmonton, Alberta. And we're just 20 miles of the Canadian line when we got the news that my brother was dying. So we turned right around to a snowstorm and started right back home, making us 11 days and travel. And we got in late last evening and up late last night and early again this morning, so very tired. But as soon as I got it to my mother, after we got a place where we call in again, she said, Brother Neville has been out there. That's a real pastor, folks. That's something we should appreciate that night. Maybe your loved ones have never come to that spot. Maybe, but in an hour of crisis, when you know that something taken place and know it's a friend who'll stick by you and run out to my brother. And, and then when I went, as soon as I got in, this came clothes and tucked out there. Who did I find in the room in prayer? My brother Neville. Out in the room there with Howard in prayer. I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I, I'd rather say it right here at the platform. As I always said, I'd rather give you a little rosebud now than a whole wreath after you're gone. Right now is the time to do it. And uh, I appreciate Brother Neville. I know we all do around this church for being a gallant pastor. Just to show him how much you appreciate him, raise your hands like this to God. That's thank you. That's really uh, something that <clears throat> I went home and I told my wife, I said, honey, when I went and knocked at the door, sat down the hall, read the chart, see really what was wrong, and went down there and I heard something in there and I tapped the door, I thought it was someone talking. He had him sitting up in the bed with his Bible and he pulled up with her head down, praying to God when I went in. Couldn't do nothing but John with him in prayer. And, and also my prayer, tell God that I appreciate a real friend and a real pastor. And may Brother Neville long live in this world to, to serve the Lord. And I believe God's keeping here for many, many years to serve him. Someone that God has struck my heart deeper than anything I've had in a long time. Now, usually out of the Sunday school classes and dismissed get back in the uh, children. So how, perhaps maybe we'll pray for the sick. I didn't make any announcement of coming in praying for the sick. But uh, if there's any here to be prayed for, then we'll just have prayer for them. Now, if Sister Gertie, if she will come up, play the great position for us, and we'll ask our dear Heavenly Father if he will bless those who are needy of him today. And then we want you, all that's sick and needy, just gather up around the altar. I'm not mistaken, is this Nellie Sanders coming here? My, God bless you, Nellie. Twenty-five years ago, God bless you, Nellie. I looked over a while ago and looked at you, and I didn't want you to think, look, gazing at someone, I kept looking back, and I thought it looked like Nellie. None of you here probably remember, I guess somebody, how many remembers Nellie Sanders? Well, certainly. And um, she was one of the first comers to Tabernacle. She and my departed wife were bosom friends and sisters in Christ. And... They, uh, she married over here one of the volunteers in America, an officer in this move, and he, our brother, has gone on to be with God, leaving her, I think, with two boys, I think, some children anyhow, and some of them still in school, and Nellie's uh, wandering by herself, and just coming into the age of real nervous and upset. She called me when I was in Phoenix, Arizona, in a meeting for prayer. Many things go back, Nellie, to a time when... It saw us on the floor, and you and Hope, that ad hoc girl, and Bobby used to be around here many years ago, 25 years ago. She's passing by me. <laughs> we're, we're going down the road quickly, that's true. Amen. Well, God be with you now. Those who are sick and want to come up around the altar for prayer. A pastor and I joined together in a word of prayer for you. Come right ahead. Now, look, immediately after this, a sharp message just to you of the preaching service. We keep it stay. We'll dismiss the Sunday school service after the prayer for the sick. And we'll go right into the other service. And I got a couple announcements to make. This great position now is near. The sympathizing Jesus, he speaks the drooping hearts to cheer, no other name but Jesus. How we just enter in now to a fellowship of this prayer.
healing for each other, knowing that God is here and promised to answer. Yes, that's all right, Bill. We'll go down and pray for her. The lady's sitting down. Certainly. All right, Brother Neville, would you come help? Uh, if you'll be just reverent as possible, the little fellows are taking their seats and let's pray now so that when we go down to anoint the sick and afflicted, we're going to have faith in God to believe. Okay. Have faith that God will. All of you out there in the audience as well this morning don't need to come around the audience. Just think now that it was God's grace that brought you here. Now you pray for these others that are at the altar here, young and old. As they're custom here at the tabernacle, we send the pastor anointing, we pray for them, and then send the pastor anointing. I come along with him laying hands on the sick while he anoints them. The scripture, anoint the sick and all in the name of the Lord. Lay hands on them, and they shall recover. The scripture. Now all of you together, as you bow your heads now, while we offer prayer together for the sick. Our Heavenly Father, we humbly come into thy divine presence just now in the way for the needy, the sick, those who cannot help themselves, and many of them, Father, are past doctor's aid. Nothing can be done except by grace be extended to them. I pray humbly today, God, with all my heart, joining with this little church, that the great Holy Spirit, that's present now to verify the word of the Lord Jesus that says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in their name. They'll ask anything as pertaining to any certain thing, shall receive. That's your eternal word, Lord, that was supposedly even before the foundation of the world. It's been given to us by the prophet, Amen. by the Son of God himself. Amen. Now, our deep desire now, Father, is for you to heal the sick, the needy, that share around the audience. I pray that you just give each one a special blessing of faith just now, that as we go, your servant and myself, to anoint and lay hands upon the people. May the Holy Spirit just deep down the faith in the heart and may each one be healed. We ask in Christ's name for his sake. Now with your heads bowed, everybody in prayer, Pastor and I go
Be seated, and the Lord bless you all real richly. Good. I just noticed we got some of the Herald of Faith here, a little program, little paper of Brother Joseph Jose in Chicago. A very fine brother. He always, we had this great fellowship one with another. We have a good time every time we go to Chicago. Just listen a few nights to go again. And they're free. Just come get you one extra service. It's over. It's laying down here. Now, we're happy to see uh, many of you still holding out to Christ. And Now, just for a few moments of your time, I would like to speak just uh, something because of being here with you. I'm tired. My voice is low, and I've had some big meetings. And Indianapolis was a great heavy meeting, and... That night we were so happy to see hundreds walk down through that tabernacle, around 10,000 people seated, come down to give their hearts to Christ on that night. And Russell Ford and them, how they were thrilled, and, and the work that Tay, Brother Cato started years ago, still going on. You know, I'd like to have a place like an into that sometime. It's one of the greatest places I've ever seen. Yeah, this house was fixed and there's just something about I'm, I guess I'm temperamental. When I Amen. see a great work that someone has started, I have a feeling for that. Amen. Now, being horse, and we've been up in the mountain trying to get to a sick woman, a friend of ours, way up in Canada. We was just ready to cross the border when I heard the news that my brother was dying. And returned back, and we drove for a day in and out, and night in and out. We've been 10 days sitting in that car. So you can imagine how I'm feeling this morning. And, uh, but I'm thankful to you all again for praying for my brother because he looks like he's on his road to recovery again. God giving him another chance. And Amen. so I, I thank you and I'm praising God for all things. Amen. Many big decisions you have to make. A worldwide tour coming up. Amen. Africa's shining in the face. Amen. Places everywhere. So I don't know which way to turn. Amen. Everywhere, everywhere. And there's about at least ten or more great outstanding conferences setting right now and each one calling to go to. I got to make some kind of decision next twenty four hours for, for the next move, so pray for me. Pray for me. And I, I need your prayers. I hope shutting that fan off didn't bother you all here on the front too much for a minute. <clears throat> I I've been exposed to so many things in my life of traveling for the Lord and all kinds of conditions and diseases and and leprosy and I've hugged lepers and shook their hands and, and every kind of disease and went into isolation wards and camps and everything around the world. And I, I, I'm not a boy anymore. <laughs> I guess you know that. And I'm getting up towards the age. And I hear Brother Bosworth the other day there, almost 90 years old. And he, when I was in Indianapolis, he had a blood clot run into his heart. He had death struggles and he sold unconscious. Miss Bosworth called to have prayer for him. I went over there and we announced it and started praying. Next day he called me up and said, I'd like to be in a meeting with you sometime. Oh, and then I feel like if you're 47 years old, I'd be ashamed of myself. But hey. it's, just, it's just the human part, I guess. But oh, how valuable it is and how wonderful. Nothing like being saved. Amen. Being saved. You don't Thank realize, God. friend, I'm sure that the devil keeps that away from you as much as he can. He does for me to realize what the value of a soul is. Did you ever just imagine what it is and what eternity means and how long you're going to be that way? Amen. You realize this is the time when you make your decision for eternity. Amen. Last Sunday with you here, I believe I preached on the assurance of how that God had promised and ordained you and called you before the foundation of the world and put your name in his book. Amen. You had nothing to do with it. God did it. Isn't that wonderful? The Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. And why? It never happened until 4,000 years later. But God, when he spoke it, he had to do it. Because he has to keep his word. And at the same time that the Lamb was wrote down, you were wrote with him. Amen. Our names were written in the Lamb's book of life. Not tonight we come to Christ. But before the foundation of the world. So that's the assurance. And Brother touched on that this morning in this marvelous Sunday school reading. Now, let's just read for a scripture somewhere, just for a little. uh, I want. That's something that's on my heart. 
I'd just like to speak it for a few moments, and then we'll dismiss. And expect the services again tonight. And now, I got a message on my heart coming down the other day, and I want, if God willing, and if I'm back here next Sunday morning, to bring it to the tabernacle for the first. Amen. Just something that's on my heart of the time I went into a place to eat. And I thought, well, am I going crazy? What's the matter with me? I can't stand these music and all this your stuff that you have today. These silly women singing down out of a ivory palace or, and all this. I said, it must be something wrong with me. And the Holy Spirit said, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. If you love the world or the things of the world, the love of God's not even in you. <laughs> so I thought, well, I don't want to get adjusted then to yeah, this world. That's fine. And Amen. then the Holy Spirit began to reveal this message to me. I wouldn't have time this morning. I'm too tired. Besides, maybe the Lord willing, next Sunday morning, if we're still around, i got some trips to make this week, but if I'm still around next Sunday morning, God willing, Brother Neville announced it on his broadcast on Saturday, and we'll be in trying to bring this message. I want you to try to Amen. bring it somewhere. It's a gospel message of the day, hour, and season. Amen. I have predicted six months ago that this was the closing year for America. And we'll see what it is according to the gospel or not. Amen. This is the time when she's gone. Amen. It's either going up or down this year. Amen. Right. Now, you Amen. young children, I want you to bring me a piece of paper and write it in a slide of your Bible that when Brother Brandon's done passing on for him, you see whether I was right or wrong. And Amen. I know whether the Lord still speaks to Now, in Romans, the fourth chapter, I want to read just for a, a portion of words. To continue on, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has wore off the glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of death. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Amen. And may the Lord add his blessing to the word. <laughs> now the little subject, if they should call it so, that I wish to speak to you about, is divine love. And when divine love has been projected and comes to its destination, sovereign grace takes its place. Amen. Uh, can you think of that? Uh, ponder over so we get it real close now. See? When divine love is projected Amen. and comes to its destiny, then sovereign grace takes over. Amen. Now, it's a, it's a strange thing that how the people... The type of people and what we do in our association, uh, we all have to face these facts that there is people that you just love to be around. And there's people that find people and you love them, but yet there's something about the person that you just, you just can't hardly stay around. Now we want to talk of facts. Amen. Now the reason that is, is because of the atmosphere that the individual himself or herself creates because you are a miniature creator. Amen. Because you're sons and daughters of God. Amen. No matter how far you stooped in sin, you're still sons and daughters of God. Because you're fallen, degenerated in your soul and mind. But God is your creator. And in your fallen estate, you are lost undone, creation of God, dominated by the devil. That's right. But still, your sons and daughters of God, he's not willing that anybody should perish, but all might come to repentance. And he's done everything that, that lays possible for the only God himself to do this, to give the, the opportunities to the creatures of his to accept and to be what he wants you to be back in your right estate again. And no person, I hear it is, and it's pretty sharp, but no person is in their right mental status until they have accepted the Lord Jesus. Amen. That's a deep word, but that's the truth. No person is mentally right 
until they had accepted Christ Jesus as personal Savior. Amen. That sounds strange, but it's the Bible. Amen. Certainly. That is true. He is the one, and in your created being, now you'll be crazy to the world when you do that. Because you have to come out of the atmosphere you're in into this other atmosphere. Amen. When you do that, God lifts you right up from the world and you live in a heavenly atmosphere. Amen. See? And then to the world, you're just contrary to what that is. See? And this is contrary to the world. Amen. See, now, what you want to do is be lifted up by Christ into a, uh, an atmosphere to where you are uh, happy, peaceful, and then in there you create a situation. And now, many times, we in churches, this may seem strange, but if you'll just watch it, now this is for the church, it's for the people. The people get one another's spirit, and instead of getting the Holy Spirit, you go into a group of people and you watch the way that a person acts, and, and then find people that come into that congregation. The first thing you know, they act the same way. You always, you take a good woman and a bad man, and he'll either, she'll, he'll either become a good man or her a bad woman. And the atmosphere that you live in, you project to your associates what you are. Then what type of people ought we to be if we're Christians? What type of atmosphere should we live in? In a consoling, soothing, healing atmosphere we should live in. With our hearts constantly in prayer, with a deep love for every person we come in contact with. If I say this to the little churches, pray for me for the world mission, that's my success in praying for the sick. If I can't get right down into the feeling of the sickness with the person, it usually doesn't do any good. You've got to come right down to it just and you feel it yourself. Here some time ago, an old Mexican man down on a platform. When he runs to the platform, most states, he fell down, grabbed out his rosary. I, I told him, not necessary. And to the interpreter, Brother Penosa, so he raised up, he put his arms around again, going somewhere. He was lying. I looked at him. I looked at him, old wrinkled up feet, probably never wore a pair of shoes in his life. I looked at my shoes, see if it fit him. I'd give him a shoe. He was blind. And I looked, he was a wider across his shoulders. Big man, weighed 200 and something, I guess. He couldn't wear him a coat. And as he was standing there in the gray hair, I thought of my daddy. I thought if daddy would have lived to be about this age, he'd have been about the same age man as this, around 65 or 70 years old. And I entered into a love of that man. So a way that I thought maybe he never had a decent meal in his life. Maybe he never sat down at a table in his life. And all this, and then walking around in darkness. Then something come into my heart. God be merciful. He's a man. He's a brother. Then, when that strikes, there's something in our heaven. There's a creation moves around. And you it's projected to this person. In a few moments, I heard him hollering something over my shoulder, and he was hollering, I can see, I can see. Amen. What was it? Divine love. Sympathy. Had been projected by the Holy Spirit into this man. And by that, at the end of the road where he couldn't, nothing could be done, and love had taken its place, and love had met love, then sovereign grace went to earth. Amen. And God, through sovereign grace, restored the sight to the man. Hallelujah. See, first you have to enter into that spot. That's what you have to do to a sinner. Many people pray for sinners. That's all right. But that's not the way to win a sinner. It's your business to win the sinner. You don't win him by praying for him. You win him, win, win him by talking to him and introducing to him Christ. That's your business. That's your duty. It's to win sinners by talking to them and projecting to them the love of God through the word of God that wins the sinner. 
Someone said, I'm going to go to church. I sure like that woman. I like that color. See, because you're winning that. If you stay home and you pray for the sinner and never went to contact him, there's very little can be done. But you've got to pray and then go. That's right. Go and do it. Now, the projecting of this love. Here a few days ago, I was listening to a testimony of um, a great power manufacturer standing on the platform. Well, there sat businessman from around the world sitting on the platform, and this plowman, he got up, he said, well, I didn't know why I had to be operated on. And I love the man, and he's a great follower of Brother Roberts, our friend. And so when, he said, when I found out that I was getting sick and having stone trouble, kidney stone, I went to eat dinner with Brother Oral. And so Brother Oral got up and said, um, now, Brother, I, I see that you're in distress. So he said, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. And he said, well, praise the Lord. I just want you to say that, Brother Oral. And said, Oral, come over and put his hands on his kidneys. And said, I rebuke this kidney stone and to leave this man immediately. And said, when he did it, said, I got released. And said, just a little while, he come back again. Said, I went again to Brother Oral. And said, he prayed again. I got released. But the every time it come back, it comes worse. And he said, Dad, the next thing I thought of, if I could go down, he said to Brother Brandon, and could stand before him, and the Holy Spirit would come to him, he would tell me then why that I didn't get a heal when Brother Oral prayed for me. So he made his way out, and he comes to Louisiana. I was in service with there. And I stood before him for 20 minutes. The Holy Spirit was mute, didn't say a thing. I prayed for him. And he said he felt better. And he come on down, then he went getting nervous, excited. He went from place to place. Everybody prayed for him, prayed for him. And he loved the Lord. But finally he got to a place that he was shipped him off to Mayo. Mayo looked him over and said, You got one chance out of one thousand of living. Instead of an infection, your whole body's poison and uremic and oh, I forget what all said you got one chance out of one thousand. So he said I took it. He said, I prayed, oh God, you know I love you. And I went to all your servants. And he took the chance and they put him to sleep. And said, when he woke up in the room, he said, there's a light shining in the room. And the glory of God was all around him. And the doctors were astonished. Amen. They come in and say, well, what's happened here? Why? He said, I feel like going home. Amen. What was it? See? He'd build his hopes up on if anything ever happens to me, I'll go to Brother Robert. If that fails, I'll go to Brother Brandon. And yet he loved the Lord Jesus. God had to let everything else fail to lay him on his bed, even when the doctor said, we can't do nothing. And then when divine love had come to its end, Father grace stepped in and took his place. Hallelujah. He'll do it every time. If your motives are right, your alternatives are right, if you have divine love and believe, walk out or die in nothing. When it comes to look like the end of the road has come, then Father's grace takes Amen. Amen. How I have seen it work. How I've noticed it in my own life. And not by just a theology. Or not by some kind of a, a somebody else's experience. I'm so glad today that I can talk from a personal experience. To know that that is the truth. Why do we fear that? As long as we know the love of Christ is resting divinely in our hearts, that we pass from death unto life, all demons out of hell have got a chance. Even the self. If you'll continue in that love and faith, it's just like a little baby. You take a little baby, I'll show you so the little fellows can get it. Here's Mrs. Kelly sitting here before. What a drunken soldier. I believe it was run into him out there, and she was picked up for dead here. They put her in the hospital unconscious. Everything had failed, and she was out early. And yet, with the love of God and her husband, sent over, went in there that day, and then sovereign grace was protected as the divine love. And here she sits this morning among us alive today. See, it's something that happens. When you get to the end of your road, when you get to where you can't move, there is time God will move in by power and grace. 
the pain that you see. You take a little kid, a little baby. They'll have little cramps and spasms. And they'll scream and kick and holler. And the first thing you know, they'll hurt their breath. And you'll see a mother grab it and tear it and throw it up in the air and throw it in his face. Let her alone! There's never been in our medical history one ever died like that. They won't die. He's just having a tantrum. He's trying to get sympathy. He's trying to get some humor in. And it's just a temper spell. And after he gets his temper spell to a place, he's held his breath where he can't go no further. Then nature steps in. And he relaxes and starts breathing again. All you're picking up and screaming just makes harder and going in his face makes him worse. That's the way it is also. We travel from church to church, from pillar to post, from healing service to healing service. Trying to get a little power more. 
And I forgot that there was a nest of hornets in the corner there. And I rammed that mirror into that, and at the back door, I had my shirt off, no shirt on. I hit that fence with that mirror machine, and with no shirt on. And at the moment time, I was covered all over with hornets. You know what they are, a big nest of hornets, they kill you. Great big colors just a buzzing. Oh, I thought first it scared me. Then all of a sudden something began to happen. Began to quieten down. Them hornets still buzzing around. Now this sounds like a kid. This sounds like juvenile. But God of heaven knows whether it's truth or not. Of whom I stand. Then it's bitter trying to fight and beat and smack them hornets. There was some kind of a godly love come up over me and I thought, poor little fellow, you got a right to be a woman? That's the way God made for you to protect yourself. And I disturbed you. And I'm sorry that I did it. If I had to do it over again, I wouldn't disturb you. I didn't mean to do it, but I said, I'm the servant of the Lord. And his six children shared me pray for and I got to hurry and mow the yard. Now you little creatures of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, go back to your nest. I'll not bother you. And what was it? It was at a place where I could have been stunned to death. In the love of God. The submitted heart. The projecting of love came forth. And silent grace took it over. What could tell those hearts? Hallelujah. Be and ever. And every apartment took his turtle in a spot and lined up like a military bunch of soldiers in the Jesus Christ, go back and lay down, for I am on my Lord, the 
children. Go back and lay down. And that bull come to me just as hard as he could. No fear. I was a bit more afraid now with the brother Neville sitting right here. Just a pure holy love in my heart. What did it do? It created an atmosphere. Amen. And that bull run right into that atmosphere. Not over ten feet from me. He stopped and threw his feet up. He looked right and left. So defeated. With the most meekest look on his face. And turned around and walked over and laid down that passion of God. Hallelujah. When divine love is protecting power and grace over the earth. As the same God that could stop the lines from coming to Daniel. When they come with a real Daniel Taylor wrapped in the love of God. The lines are going to lay down. It was peaceful. I tell you, my brother, when God can wrap you hey, into the unrest, oh, there's peace in the valley for you then. There is. Here some time ago, I was coming up from over in Dallas, Texas. I was flying by plane, coming home. We had a meeting over there. And all my Lord got into a storm. And the plane was forced down at Memphis. And while I was in Memphis, they put me up over there at that uh, Peabody Hotel. Oh, great, swanky place. I kind of felt so out of place. I was up there that night, stayed all night. <clears throat> they called me the next morning and said, Reverend Brown, yes, so the limousine will pick you up now at exactly 7 o'clock. The plane will leave at 7.30. I said, thank you, sir. I hung up. I got up, prayed, and I thought, well, I got time maybe to run to a post office box. Got some mail here answer right now. I got out and started down the street. Going down the street saying, There are people almost everywhere whose hearts are all on flame. <laughs> With the fire that fell on Pentecost that cleansed and made them clean. Oh, hey, now within my heart, oh, glory to his name. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Hey, Going down the street with a bunch of letters in my hands. Going towards the post office. I felt something strange. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Just like everything is settled down. Yeah, oh, what a feeling. Oh, my, isn't this wonderful? Uh, Doc used to sing a little song, Let me walk with a heavenly dove, fill my way each day with love. I used to think of that. And this love began to pour down. Oh, extra. We got love, but we need the abundance of love. Amen. The overflowing of love. Amen. You say, well, I love sinners. But oh, brother, sister, do you love them well enough to go out and talk to them and rule them to Christ? See what I mean? You say, I love the Lord. But can you trust him when the doctor shakes his head? Can you trust him when everything else is gone? You need an overflowing baptism of love. Divine love. When it seems like when you pray and your prayer is not answered, do you still love him? Is there something that keeps purging you on? That's God's sovereign grace has to take over. Amen. It's got to. It's God's nature. God can't do nothing else but do that. When God seen the sin of this world and seen that man was dying without hope and could not be saved and yet he knows that man would love him, it strained God and it proved his nature. Amen. God's nature is love. God is love. And it's trained God's nature until he has to provide a way of escape for those who want to escape. And he sent his son into the world, made him the likeness of sinful flesh, to bear our sins and sickness to Calvary. God did it. The love of God going out called for sovereign grace. Amen. And God never said, if you do this, I'll do this. God, without any conditions, he said he's trying to bear your patience. Amen. Amen. And nothing to do with what you think about it. God did it anyhow. Amen. 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 Divine love such a strange power grace has to take its place. That's all there is. When divine love is set to the right place. Listen closely. That morning when I got out of the plane, I got out of the hotel, started walking down the street. I was going along singing. All at once, something seemed to pour down on me. A great shower of love. I thought, oh, if I could just only. Oh, I believe the way I feel if I could just see somebody to pray for. That's where you feel. 
When there's something in your heart holy. The other day, yeah, I'll stop just a moment again. The other day, little Sarah got sick. When we started off, it was so hot, and I've been up every night getting about two hours sleep. Delegates from all over the different parts of the world had to meet this and that and praying, preaching three times a day. Oh, Lord, I was just going, and then I got out and I had to lay. And there was old Timon's eyes sitting, I was so sleepy, even early in the morning, so I had to lay down the side of the road and sleep. A little few minutes, got up and started again. I just couldn't hold my eyes open, trying to climb home to get to this woman across the hot, burning desert from Nebraska. Going through there, and I thought, oh, my little Sarah, just a heat and a gagging poor little thing had been sick all night. Next morning, she was so sick, we just had to stop the car and she just wiped her face. And I was so tired and bored. I went, oh, God. Oh, the situation. Terrible God. Look here. I, I can't drive. I'm so tired. I've been out in with your people trying to do the best I could. And little Sarah was so sick. Well, we went and I went over there and put my hands on her. I said, dear Heavenly Father, you give me this child. This is yours. Amen. I'm raised her. I laid my hands up on her. Something began to move down in my heart. Amen. That end of the vomit. She never bought once more from that day to this. The second day, Becky started real sick like a virus and vomiting. Little thing vomited all night. Next day, Meaty said, we'll get some pets to Bismol. Pulled out a couple of spoons to give it to her. Little thing is vomited right up. We got into the Tetons when he hit out of the hot country starting up. She wanted to see the beautiful mountains. She couldn't do it. She was so sick. I said, honey, look, y'all take that. I must take your picture so you can see the mountain there. Oh, daddy, I just feel like I'm dying. And so we give her another Pepsi-Bismol. We'd offer prayer that morning, said, Lord, have mercy. And, and all, that didn't do no good. So we got up there, and I got her out. I said, honey, get out in the fresh air. Cold, she had a little jacket on, snow laying around on the ground. So I got out, and she's trying to, she said, yes, daddy. So, and the water just coming out of her little mouth. I looked at her eyes, sitting back, and her mouth just as wide around as it could be. I walked around, and looked up towards the mouth, and I said, looking through the hills, and what's coming to my head? Tell me, she says, 
You know, did you ever read that story about the Shunammite woman who didn't have any children and she asked the Lord to give her a child and said, and Elisha come and bless her and she got a child? I said, yes, ma'am. I remember that. She said, I was that kind of woman. She said, I didn't have any children. And I prayed to the Lord and I told the Lord, if he would bless me and give me a child, then I would raise it for him. And so he gave me a child. And said, so I washed over the washboard and blow on the side. So I washed over the washboard to raise this child. And she said, when he got big, Parson, he, he's taken the wrong road. And he said, he got out with the wrong company. And he's laying in here dying. And said, so the doctor man was here the day before yesterday when he went unconscious and said, you can never do no more for him. They're giving six off six silver sand and everything else, mercury and penicillin, nothing venereal, syphilis, sunny bowels out of his heart. And said, there's nothing that can be done for him. And said, he was laying here dying. And said, oh, Lord, I didn't want to see my baby die like that. And said, I, I, if I could just hear him say that he was saved. And said, I prayed and I prayed for two nights. Said, this morning about three o'clock, said, the Lord put me to sleep, kneeling on my knees. Said, I dreamed a dream that I saw a man come with a light suit on, wearing a little half-western hat put on his side of his head. I said, Lord, I was the woman before your life. Said, here it comes. So I got right up out of that bed and I've been standing right here ever since waiting for you. That's where I dress. Exactly. Oh, brother, when divine love is protected, that mother with her baby, you're 180 pounds, but it's still her baby, laying dying in disgrace. No matter how disgraceful he was, it was her baby. She loved him. That's a mother's love. No matter how much disgrace he brought, she still loved him. Amen. And if you can't forget your baby, no matter what, then how much more can God not forget you? He said, your names are engraved on the palm of my hand. A mother may forget her suffering babe, but never will I forget you. No matter what you've done, how far back Amen. you've gone, how much you've got into you. God still loves you. God loves you. Keep that blood moving out. Don't let it fail. I said, now, Andy, I'll pray. You hold on with me. I put my hands over on his feet. 
has it heavenly fire. My pain's come down as far as I know. And here, this poor old mother was crying for her baby. And as far as I know, this is where you led me to. I pray that you'll be merciful to me. Just about that time, Harry said, Mammy, oh, Mammy. She raised up and wiped the tears out of her eyes. She said, Yes, honey. Mommy's baby's feeling better. Began to pat him on the head. He said, Mama, it didn't light in the room. Hey, it didn't light in the room. Oh, love, 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 and projected to the heart of God. Power, grace, and answer his place. I think of the poor mother there holding on with her prayer to God and all this. And then what happened? God in his grace, God in his mercy, would bring an airplane out of the sky Amen. and hold it on the ground to answer the prayer of a poor ignorant colored woman. When divine love was projected no matter how poor she was, how black she was, how yellow she was, there she was. When divine grace is projected, Father grace has to take its place. That love of that old mother there, how she cried. And the boy, a few, about two years after that, I went down and found a train going down. I got off and went up there to get me a hamburger. They wanted about 70 or 80 cents for it on the plane, and I, on the train, and I could buy it for about 20 cents in the little stand. I got off the train, started down. There's a red cap said, Hello, Parson Branham. I looked around and I said, Good morning, son. Well, I said, Don't you know me? I said, No, I don't believe I do. Said, You remember about two years ago? When you come down and pray for me and my mammy, I said, Are you there? I said, Yes, I'm off the bed. I said, I'm only healed, but I'm saved now. I'm a Christian. Father, grace. Yes, sir, brother. I'm telling you, when grace, when God sees love projected, grace has to take its place. A few weeks ago at my house, you remember, many of you all, when that old possum laying across that rich young girl on here had drowned her baby and when God gave her a baby and she didn't want to raise it, she wrapped it in the blanket and threw it out there and drowned it in the river. I said, that is a mother that's lower than a dog. An animal will do it. And if the sovereign love of God will can be projected to an animal, how much more can it be projected to a man? Amen. Woman. That's right. This old mother popping, making her way up that lane, you know the story. And how she come in and laid back my steps for 24 hours, me not even knowing nothing about it. Brother Woods and them sat back there and Sister Woods was mercy for the thing. said, Brother Bram, how do you let it suffer? And a poor little baby Potton's drinking that old milk from her laying there dead. So why don't you kill him, Brother Bram, or destroy the old mother? She wasn't quite dead. She's, you can punch her and she can get a move out of her. And there, she lay there all night. And the next day, little old Becky there, she come out. She said, Daddy, well, this morning about good eyes. She said, what are you going to do with that Potton, Daddy? He said, I've just been thinking about it all night. I said, so about Becky. Come went down in the room. I said, go on back, go to bed, honey. She as you get up. I said, I'm in my den room. I thought, well, she's going to rub my forehead. I thought I had to do something with old possum. I don't know what to do. Then I heard a bass in so much that I wasn't even expecting it. Right there, them apples come down that morning for Brother Hall. One of the team with cancer. There, I was picking the pictures of the meal. I was sitting in the little den room. I heard a boy say, I sent her to you. She's laid like a lady for 24 hours for her time to be prayed for. And you've never said a word to me about it. I said, well, I didn't even know it. I said, well, you mean you sent that talk to me? I said, what's the matter with you? I told to myself. I caught myself talking back to him. I walked out there and Rebecca was still looking to the door. I walked over to the old there, do all over and everything else. I said, Heavenly Father, if you sent that poor, ignorant possum, if you sent him here, somehow I'll put in my heart of love for him being a mother that I couldn't care of. To a baby and silent rain to teach the rest of the people at the altar to hold. Have Rory here, thank God I pray in Christ's name. That's your new. And that old possum with her legs bowed full of maggots and so dragged it behind her, swelled twice its size, stood up on that leg and picked up those babies in her pocket, walked down through there just as normal as any beast you ever seen. What? To the lady as if to turn and say, Thank you, kind sir, and as far as I know, they're happy with their babies today. Why? When divine love is projected, poverty grace takes its place. My brother, sister, there's only got one thing to do in your life. That's love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. 
and believe every word you said is the truth. And when you come to the end of your road where you can't go any farther, then divine sovereign grace will be protected. How could I talk to your lane when my old brothers would give me up sitting on the side of the porch or my brother cop sitting by me? Won't know what happened. I couldn't even stand it any longer. Was that